pray real quick as, as, we, as we begin. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you use this time as we uh, focus in on you, as we think about um, how you speak into our lives. Help us, Lord, today not to only hear your voice, but to know your voice. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen. So as I shared with the kids, my dad and I, we are very close, even to this day. And he has been a major influence in my life and my family's life as well. I will say growing up in the Johnson house, my sisters and I, we all watched Star Wars. We all listened to the Beatles and he worked in a church. We all went to church on Sunday. Now, all of those, there may have been times it was against our will, uh, but he, he definitely influ influenced us in some ways. And I will say we all have our different interests now, um, our difference in likes, but they, there are some overlap at times. And then there are the many interests that we share, specifically with a parent, whether it's with our mom or dad. Now, like my sisters, for example, uh, they really love country music. It's growing on me. Um, but my dad and I, we really like the Beatles, of course, but we also like Simon and Garfunkel, Billy Joel, and Bob Dylan, basically anything from the 60s and 70s, you know that my dad has a record of it, and I have the copy that he has, uh, and we just love listening to that kind of music. Um, we all love Mexican and Chinese food. It's our, our family, if we're getting together, it's one or the other, usually. Um, and for the most part, we all really like to read. We're, we're, we're a family that likes to read. Uh, my parents instilled that in us. And, and my oldest sister, uh, Sarah, she lives out in California. Um, her birthday just happened um, just, just a few weeks ago. And uh, so I had to buy her a birthday present. And we both really got into Agatha Christie novels this past year. During COVID, I think everyone kind of picked up a new hobby or found new interests. We found we liked murder mystery novels. Um, so for her birthday, I wanted to buy her a book. But Usually when we buy stuff for someone, what do we go to? We go to Amazon, we go, we find their wish list and say, hey, this is what they're wanting, and it'll go to them with a cute little note that says, happy birthday. And, and I know we all use Amazon differently, and most of you probably know exactly when you are shopping for something, you log on, you go on your phone or on your computer, and you're like, I know exactly what I want, add it to the cart, hit buy, done, end of transaction, see you in a few days. Like, that's probably how most of you shop on Amazon. That, that isn't how I, I do it. I, I really can't just make a snap decision like that. When I'm about to spend my money on Amazon, I know that I want to vet every single detail, every aspect about something before I hit buy. You know, if I'm looking for a piece of musical equipment or I'm looking for some tech equipment, Maybe I'll go and check out if there's a YouTuber out there that's maybe done a few reviews on the said item. But often, I, when I'm on Amazon, I check out, you scroll down, and what do you see? The reviews. And if you don't know, reviews are user-generated, so people that use Amazon, they write reviews. And uh, most of the time, those reviews are incredibly helpful. They, you, you're not steered wrong. You, you get, buy this guitar pick holder, it holds picks well. Or, uh, don't buy this cable because it's of poor quality, and so on. And maybe those aren't the things you're buying, but, you know, there, there are usually really good reviews. But sometimes, and for some of you, you know this already, for sometimes you, you find some quality reviews that make you go, hmm. So let's read a few today. So our first review from Amazon is Zippo Lighter Fluid. 
The review is delivers what it promises. It's a can of lighter fluid. It's flammable. There's four ounces of it. Do you want four ounces of flammable lighter fluid? This is the product for you. That review gets five stars. That's shortened to the point. Let's go to the next one. The Wolf of Wall Street, the review. There are no wolves in this movie. One star. They were not happy that there were no wolves in that movie. And our final one, <laughs> I, the giant king penguin mask. I wear this mask to sing lullabies to my children. I wear this mask to sing lullabies to my children. They are terrified of the mask. Whenever they protest about their bedtime or ask for too many sweets, I whip on the mask and they soon know who is the king penguin. Some people have way too much time on their hands. And uh, don't worry, babe, I already bought the king penguin mask, so we're good. I shared that with Christine yesterday, and Ellie right away is like, king penguin, king penguin. I'm like, that's not going to scare her. She's going to want to wear it. She'll love it. But all kidding aside, when it comes to reviews, I, I like to put stock, and I put a lot of stock in what is said. You know, if a reviewer has a really good reputation, um, I trust their advice. Like, we, you, you read it, and it's online, so you know it's true, uh, but you want to trust their advice. But the thing is, is if I still can't find the information that I'm looking for, I turn to my trusted advisors, my friends, those who have tried stuff out already, and, uh, and, and they've tried it on their own, and I get their advice. I'm like, what? how is this working for you? So that, that does happen. But what about in your life? Maybe you're not looking for the best acoustic guitar, whether it's a Martin Taylor or Gibson. Sidebar, Gibson guitars are the best. Sorry, Ryan. Maybe you're looking for a new HDMI splitter. There's, maybe that's not the things you're looking for. But I want to I say something to the men just for a minute here. I want you guys to think about who do you turn to for advice, whether it be questions about being a good husband, being a good father, being a good worker, how to deal with your finances, how short is too short to cut the grass? These are all questions that I know I struggle with. Uh, maybe there are, and I don't doubt that there are many more. But what about to you, the women in the room? Who do you turn to for advice on being a good wife, being a good mother, being a good worker, finances? Maybe your husband lets you mow the lawn. You know, sometimes that does happen. Um, but these, there's questions upon questions. And to the kiddos in the room, to the children that aren't fully grown yet, who do you go to for advice on being a good son or daughter? And I would imagine you're all now just kind of thinking on those questions a little bit. And a few common answers that most likely bubble to the surface are, I go to my friends. I go to my parents. Maybe I go to a teacher. Maybe I go to my pastor. These are all good places to turn. They really are. These people... They're, they're good. I know I turn to my dad. He's high on my speed dial. I pull on my phone. I'm like, I got to talk to dad. And I go after my wife, my mom. There's my dad. I'm going to call dad with, uh, with a question when I'm, I'm needing help or advice. And he's just a phone call away. But what about God? It almost sounds too simple to say, he's just a prayer away. Yes, this is the, a fact, Right? And I will say, growing up in the church, and even when I became a Christian, I heard it time and time again, pray, and God hears you. And we know this. We can read it in Scripture. In 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So great, God hears our prayers. 
And we can be confident in this fact, right? I mean, if God hears us, we will hear his responses. But that's not exactly what this verse is saying. If we approach God in prayer and ask for something that is out of his will for us, does he hear us? And he does. He does hear you. But he may not act on it on the way in which you are expecting or hoping. If we are approaching God with our own agenda and out of alignment with God going our own path, how do you think those conversations will go? They're going to be very us-sided. It's going to be, hey God, me, me, me. And when we're talking about us so much, we might have a hard time hearing God. So last week, if you were, if you were here, you watched online, and you can always go back and, and re-watch the sermon if you really want to. Uh, last week, we hit kind of the 101 level of how to hear God's voice. But today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. So how do we know that we're hearing, what we're hearing is God's voice? Well, today's scripture is from the first chapter of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, and he heard the voice of God. And God said, go to Nineveh and preach to them that the way they are living is wrong and that they need to repent and turn to me, turn to God. Go and evangelize Jonah. And Jonah says, nope, and hops on a boat instead and goes the opposite direction. So we're going to pick up um, in Jonah chapter 1, verses 3 through 17, and this is just to hear the story, because maybe you haven't heard it since Sunday school, so you're going to get to hear it today, church. So we hop in. So Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed to Tarshish, and he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How do you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? He picked me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew wild, even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three, three days and three nights. Just a cliffhanger. What happens next? We know that he gets out. It does, most of us know the story already, which if you didn't see in the news, because, you know, sometimes the news is awesome, 
There was actually a fisherman that was eaten by, like he, was, he hunts lobster or crab or something like that. This is in the news. You can go home and Google it. There was a guy that actually got eaten by a massive fish this past, like, past two weeks or something. Um, again, because whatever you read on the internet is true. Anyway, someone, Christian Page, said like, Jonah much? Anyway, so we know that Jonah survives. We know that he goes on to Nineveh and he goes and he shares with them about God. But today we're going to focus on this story specifically for what Jonah chose not to do, and that's listen to God. So Jonah heard the voice of God, he knew that it was God, but he chose not to follow him. He chose not to follow his commands. And why was this? Why did he do that? Maybe he was afraid of the people of Nineveh, that they would, maybe they would harm him, or even he would be killed for speaking out against the way that they were living their lives. What we can see as is <clears throat> what we can see as the readers is that Jonah's fear of man outweighed his fear of the Lord. And in turn, God's character was called into question. That God could be outrun. And obviously this is a laughable attempt because God is everywhere. And it was unwise for Jonah to try to deny God's will. And what happens? He gets eaten by a big fish. Now this is Jonah's story. Like I said, most of us know it. But to turn the page over and say, but what about our story? When, when we are unsure of a direction or what decision to make, we often turn to many earthly options, whether it's our friends, our family, etc. And this option is fine, and it, and it, it, but it isn't the best option. And we know that our friends, our family, they will have our best interests uh, in line. But the, those closest to us, do, while they do care about us, but sometimes they don't see all the angles. God is outside of time, and he can see all that is going on. He sees what's going to happen. Our friends and family, they, and they love us, but they don't see that. And as believers, <clears throat> we turn to God as well. We do eventually turn to him, and, and sometimes if we're being honest, sometimes he's kind of at the end of the line after we've talked to our friends and our family and our coworkers and our barista. We, we get to God eventually, and we talk to him. And we've all done that foxhole prayer. And I, I, I can speak that with certainty, that we have all done that foxhole prayer, whether it's before a test, the day we're getting married, the day before our kids are born. Might have been just me. But, you know, we all have those moments where we say, I got to call out to God because I don't know what else to do. And the thing is, God does respond. He, he will respond in some way from a certain point of view. But it may not be in an audible voice. We talked about that last week. It may not be this big, booming James Earl Jones voice that we hear God. Um, and sometimes when, when, when we do observe God's response, uh, when it comes to fruition, sometimes it can be through a friend. And a friend will be used by God. It will be, um, they'll use wisdom um, when it's passed along in a word of encouragement or affirmation. But then there are the times God's response can sometimes also be a counteroffer or challenge to your original prayer, like, is this what you really want? But how do we know that it's God speaking? In all of this, God is responding in some way, shape, or form. How do we know that what is him and what is not? By knowing his character. Now, when it comes to knowing the character of God, how do we learn about these attributes? Like, where, where do we go? How do we learn these things? A.W. Tozer, I had to do, bring Tozer back in for another week. He wrote a book 
called The Attributes of God. And I recently read this for my commission pastor training, and it was just wonderful. It was very informative, and it was a great, it's a great place to start for any of us to try to maybe understand the attributes of God. Because in this book, Tozer goes over several attributes of God and how they're a part of his character. And, uh, and these are attributes like God is, he's infinite, God is immense, God is just, God is merciful, he's gracious, he's good, he's holy, he's perfect. These are all things of God, about God. Now maybe books by theologians, you're like, Nate, stop talking about Tozer. Maybe that's not your thing, and that's okay. I wasn't that way for a long time. And you want to go to the source. You're like, just tell me, tell me exactly where I need to go. And the thing is, is God gave us his word. He gave us the Bible so that we can gain knowledge and learn about him, learn who he is. Now, we cannot just know of God. We can't just know of him. We actually, we need to build a relationship with him. Whether it's in praying with him or studying his word, we need to build a relationship with him and get to know him. But, so I want to say, what if when I graduated from high school, so 15 years ago, what if when I graduated from high school and I went off to college and my relationship ended with my dad? Like, he's like, farewell, son. It was good knowing you. And he and I never communicated again. That was the end of our relationship. Nothing bad happened. It just ended. I stopped getting to know him. I would not know of my dad because now I'm in my 30s and my understanding of my dad will only be from my first 18 years. I'll have 15 years of gap that I would not have gotten to, I would, you know, the 18 years I was under his roof. And that's 15 years of conversations, of conversations about, I just met a girl, I want to marry her. My daughter has diabetes. God, what am, Dad, what am I supposed to do? Laughing at countless terrible movies and Steve Martin films, The Jerk, one of our favorites. I mean, the laughs that my dad and I have had. And then the disagreements, you know, whether how he loves should be sung in church or not, or reckless love. We had our disagreements. All of that life would have been missed if I got to know, I knew who my dad was and said, that's all I need to know. Let's put that into context with our relationship with God for a second. Maybe the moment you became a Christian was a big moment for you. It was a baptism here at, at Crossview Church, formerly Second Reform, or maybe it was another church in town. Maybe it was at a camp that you heard about God. You got very on fire and passionate about Him. And that was a life-changing moment. But then, since then, it's gotten a little harder to squeeze God into your life, squeezing Him into your day. Put that into context, church. What would happen if we said, I know God, we're good, and that was it of your relationship. How much would you have missed out by not talking to him daily? How much would he miss you, and how much would you miss him? When we take the time to get to know him, we get to see that he is moving in our lives because we know that he, <clears throat> we know what is, of, what is of God and what is not by using wisdom and discernment to see his character. So when the time comes, that we do have a difficult decision, let us just go to our Heavenly Father in prayer first and seek His wisdom. <laughs> That's a first for me right there. And with His guidance, we can use our God filter. When we look at situations, we can look at life, we can look at decisions, anything, with a biblical understanding and make decisions 
that align with God's will specifically. Not ours, with God's will. And we will feel his comfort when we are in seasons of distress. A love and comfort from a God who is gracious and merciful with his children. In Romans 8.28 we read, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Church, God is always working for his good and our good as well. When we look back at Jonah's story, we can see that God is working for his glory and the salvation of his people. Because God is the one who is in control of it all. We are not. And if we choose disobedience, if we say, Sayonara, God, I'm not going to follow what you're asking me to do, we could miss out on something amazing. God's always going to do the heavy lifting. He's always going to be the one to, to do the supernatural through us, but when it, especially when it comes to our redemption. But what we must do, what we must do, church, is we need to reflect God, reflect his character in our lives to others so that they can see him in us. In Hebrews 2.1, we must, we, must <laughs> we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Now, knowing God's character and seeking his wisdom will put us on a path of righteousness and alignment with him and his, des and his desires for your life. We will hear him and know his voice. So I want to end today with, um, with a short snippet from, uh, from one, of my, one of my favorite uh, book series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, I was going to not say C.S. Lewis, but, you know, C.S. Lewis wrote Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, I recently, in the last few years, I read the whole series. I never actually read it. I always just read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and said, I'm good. I don't need to read the rest. I went back and read this series. So I know it's already the middle of June, but parents, read to your kids The Chronicles of Narnia. They are fantastic books. But today I'm going to talk about one of the, just a snippet from one of the books that usually doesn't get a lot of love, and that's The Silver Chair. So if you're familiar with this story, I'm sorry that I'm about to butcher it. And if you're not familiar with the story, I'm sorry that I'm about to butcher it. But the, the book, The Silver Chair, follows the story of Eustace and Jill. And you can watch this on Disney+, Plus. little plug for them. Uh, you can watch the Dawn Treader movie, if you haven't seen it already. It came out a few years ago. And there's this obnoxious kid in the movie. His name is Eustace. Uh, he's the same one in this story. He's a little less obnoxious because he's, he's, he's grown up. Um, but he's come back to the real world, and after his adventure in Narnia with his cousins, and he has met Aslan. He's met the lion Aslan. So we, we hop into the book here. So Eustace and Jill, his, his, this girl from his school, they're trying to escape a group of bullies, um, and, and they're, so they're hiding. And they become, and the two targets, they hear these angry shouts. People are, they're looking for them. So Eustace look at, looks at Jill, and he wonders aloud if there might be a way to escape to that place, to Narnia. And so he begins calling out, Aslan, Aslan, Aslan. And Jill just kind of looks at him like, he's nuts. But he's calling out Aslan, so I'm going to do it too. So she starts calling out, Aslan, Aslan, Aslan. And the bullies, they're drawing near, and Eustace and Jill scramble through, uh, through the bushes, and they go up a steep slope. And this weathered old door in the wall that is always locked, but this time it miraculously, the knob turns, and the two children step into Aslan's country. And immediately after they arrive, Eustace falls off a cliff, but a lion arrives just in time, Aslan, and he blows them to safety in Narnia. The, the lion, naturally, frightens Jill, and she tries to slip away. She tries to get away, but the lion begins questioning her. Her showing off caused Eustace's fall, she confesses, 
For that display of pride, the lion gives her a task to perform. Please, what task, sir, asks Jill. The task for which I called you and him here out of your own world, says the lion. And this response puzzles Jill. Nobody called them. They called out to somebody, a name that she wouldn't know. Wasn't it she and Eustace who asked to come? You would not have called to me unless I had been calling to you, says the lion. We call out God's name because God first called us. He called us into the expansive, abundant relationship with God to truly know him. Church, he is calling out to us. He wants to know us. We just have to open our ears, open our hearts, our minds to hear and receive him and know of his goodness and love. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, right now, the first thing that just pops into my head is a song I used to sing in, in my youth. I want to know you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more. I want to touch you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you more. That song in the secret, Lord, while it's cheesy by today's standards of songwriting, there is truth in that we want to know you. And God, that you are calling out to us. So Lord, I pray for our church family. I pray for those that are, that are listening online. I pray for all of us that as we've been working together, we've been working to hear you, that God, when we do hear you, that we would know that it is your voice, that it is not the world trying to stray us about, that it is a God who loves us, a God who sent his son to die on a cross for our sins so that we could live with you in eternity, God. Help us to know your character, to know of your goodness, of your mercy, that you are just. Lord, help us to know your love and your faithfulness to us. Even when we're unfaithful, God, you are faithful, Heavenly Father. So Lord, I just pray this all in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen.